Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville, Consequence of Sound, and the Consequence Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, I'm talking with Gus Unger-Hamilton of the band Alt-J. They've got a brand new record called Relaxer. We get to talk about the uh, unique challenges of taking a record like this and putting it on the live stage, as well as their upcoming immersive sound project and using 3D sound ideas on their tour. There's also some talk about uh, their somewhat cover, somewhat continuation of the song House of the Rising Sun and their newest cut, Hairs on the Mountain, that was used on the Bright soundtrack and winning the Mercury Prize for Best British Band. It's Kyle Meredith with Alt-J. Hi, how are you? Great, how are you? I'm well. Uh, excited to talk to you, man. Uh, excited to have Alt-J back in uh, in Louisville. I know you guys are going to be here, it looks like, June 8th at the Iroquois Amphitheater with Tennis uh, behind this new record. That's right, yeah, looking forward to it. I was just reading about this thing you were you all were doing, or maybe you've already done it, but, uh, the Immersive Sound Show. Uh, I'd love to know what that is because it sounds so interesting. Yeah, so basically it's going to be a gig we're doing in New York uh, in the middle of June, and uh, it's going to be a really cool thing where we kind of are able to use sort of the 
develop you know new technology in, in speakers and PA systems to create kind of a surround sound for the gig for the audience on a large scale which is which is really exciting um, you know we've our albums will kind of we use a lot of kind of sound textures and sound effects and interesting noises in our songs and hopefully we can our plan is to build a lot of those into the sort of three-dimensional immersive uh, sensation for the audience so that the gig feels almost like you're listening with sort of amazing headphones you know and adding a new dimension to the live music experience i know this is this is one show do you have plans or a desire to try to figure out how to incorporate this in 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 all of your shows in the future yeah i mean you know i think if it goes well um we would love to do that that's that's really the idea yeah to see how i mean because no one's really done this kind of thing much before so we're essentially going to try it at this one gig see how we see how it goes and then talk about yeah doing it taking taking it outwards and further and forwards listening to you all talk about you know trying to take your record you know the the sounds that you do to your record and incorporate it live reminds me a lot of the way uh pete townsend and the who would talk about in the 70s with uh, the quadraphonic sound when you've got a record like Relaxer and in even the previous two, but specifically this one, like what have the biggest challenges been to bringing this album live? Has it has it been challenging? I mean, I think essentially, you know, the challenges are always kind of figuring out how we can play because our songs are not, you know, it's not just sort of like bass, drums, guitar, you know, like simple sort of um, garage kind of recordings. It's very lush, lots of sweet, lots of strings on this album and things, and so. That's been that was a challenge certainly once we finished the album going into a studio for a month and figuring out how to play the the thing. But um, it's actually a really fun process that, and I think we through working hard and working with our technical crew as well, we've cut, we've got to a point where we can do it really do it justice on stage, and that's incredibly satisfying. What I've really been impressed with you all, you know, a lot of bands they try to fill every single space, every available space. There, there's something going on. Uh, I get the feeling that you're not afraid of silence. Like that's sort of, I don't know, used as an instrument. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think right from our first album, that was something that we figured out was that, you know, taking things away from a song rather than adding them in was also a really important thing to do in the studio. You know, you might well start a song writing it on the guitar. Then when you go to the studio, you might finish recording the song with no guitar in it at all. You know, that's kind of a cool thing to do. And I think we were quite influenced by sort of James Blake around the time of making our first album and the way that he used silence and space in his songs. And we wanted to do something similar. Now, do you adjust for festivals or you say, take me as I am? This is this is the sound you get. I think the latter, really. You know, I think that we you know we we are a band who. I mean, you know, now that we have three albums. We are able to pick and choose. You know, we we do play um, our louder, more up tempo kind of songs in our sets now, particularly at festivals. You know, you want to kind of keep the audience. You know, if you've got a tra- transitive audience, you want to keep them keep them there, keep them watching you. You know, they're not necessarily all there just to see you. But you know, to our headline shows, we do play some quieter songs, and it's very rewarding to see people like listening to those and not just talking. It's it's really great. You, you talk about you know playing some of those upbeat songs, and and I'm going to call it your greatest hits. You know, the singles. <laughs> I always get the feeling because of the way your albums go, you know, there are always these interesting sounds and, and, and sometimes challenging songs. And I mean that as a compliment in the best way. And then there's always one insanely catchy song on every record. And I thought, I wonder if you guys say, all right, here's the record. Now we need a radio hit. <laughs> now we need that pop song. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, in the exact, in, I mean, in this day and age, you know, it, music is a lot more kind of song driven than album driven, I think. And so, I think as long as each time we handed an album, there are one or two 
kind of big catchier songs on it. You know, this time it was probably Ink Soul Blood, Dead Crush, you know, with the two that then give us the sort of, give us the freedom to really make the rest of the album really quite experimental and strange and not have to worry about, you know, the, the label accepting that. Included on the record is a, a really amazing, I, won't, I don't want to say cover of House of the Rising Sun because you've done more than just covered the record. Uh, like adding something to something that's so iconic, I mean, that can be dangerous, but you, you all pull it off. Was there any fear mm. going into that song? I don't think so. I mean, I think that, you know, I mean, I think that in, once we realized that it was going to be much, much more than a cover, you know, I think we just thought this is kind of a really cool chance to, to show what we can do with a song that's been played, performed and recorded so many times in so many different ways from Woody Guthrie to the animals to whoever else. Um, and, you know, and actually the other, the other crazy thing about that song is that no one's actually, no one's done a version of it for quite a long time, really. No one's done a, you know, you know what I mean? It's kind of about time that somebody with a reasonably big profile did a version of it, I think. But it's been a while, so that was a cool thing to do. Now, was there any talk about the direction, about where, where, where lyrically it was going to go from, from the beginning? I think that we knew that we wanted to kind of pick up the thread of, you know, the song and continue with it. I mean, we, we for, for lyrical inspiration, we looked at the Woody Guthrie version primarily, and uh, partly because that's out of copyright. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then we took it from there. And I think you know, we've always seen ourselves as kind of a folk band. And I think that, you know, that folk tradition is, is, is picking something up, playing with it, changing it, and, and passing it on to somebody else. And that's what we've tried to do with our version of After the Rising Sun. And, I, you know, I, I don't know how much you can speak to the lyrics on, on some of the other songs, but, you know, diving into the music and the words. I mean, there's so many literary references. Most songwriters, they just use what they did that day, you know, and, and that becomes a song. Mm. Uh, you all have have always gone further. There's there's an element of um, fiction and historical fiction and, and everything else. And what drives that? What, what pushes the band to look in that direction rather than Love Me Do? <laughs> I think it's wanting our songs to be able to be many, many times and wanting to create layers there to keep... To, to find new things to discover each time you listen to the song again. You know, you might, the first time you listen to it, you listen to the, the, the sort of basic, what the lyrics are saying, and then the time after that, you're finding more and more little, oh, references to this, references to that. It keeps the flavor of the song kind of interesting and strong, I think, through multiple listens. But I think also it just fundamentally comes down to a desire to write about what moves you, and in our case, that's, you know, as much as it might be romance and love, it's also books, films, and things like that. Are you aware of how many water references uh, grace all three albums? This has come up before. Yeah, we didn't realize that, but it's certainly, um, yeah, it's, it's, there's a PhD to be written, perhaps. <laughs> Something in the subconscious there, driving that. That's... Yeah, that's interesting. I think I think possibly, possibly. I don't know. I don't know if it's fear of water or a love of water or maybe both. But um, yeah, there's certainly something something um, Freudian going on. Now, now since the record came out, since Relaxer came out, we've also got another single from the uh, Bright soundtrack, "Hairs on the Mountain." What's the story with that one? Mm. It's a great song. I love it. Oh, cool. Thank you. Um, yeah, so it's um, it's a traditional English folk song, which Joe and I used to sing at university. We had a friend called Michael who kind of got us into singing folk songs, and that was a song that he taught us. And we've sung it subsequently on tour, and we've had a few beers. We we quite like singing folk songs in harmony, and uh, that's one of the ones that we like to sing. And then it's a track that Tom, our drummer, created on Ableton, which might have gone on the album in some form or might not. And then when we... We, we got asked to do this song for Bright. You know, we we saw they had this. They had some temp music in that scene, which was Radiohead in the scene. Well, actually, 
it's kind of a complicated story because we thought it was going to be a certain scene in the film. It wasn't in the end, but we were quite inspired by the Radiohead song in there and went back to the studio and worked on this version and put the two together, the folk song and the kind of electronic track, and it, and it worked really nicely. Radiohead, the guiding lights forever and ever. <laughs> always, always. <laughs> um, I also want to congratulate you, by the way, on the Mercury Prize. Uh, I think it was Best UK Band. Um, it gives me faith because, uh, again, you, you're not one of the most obvious bands for the masses, I guess I should say. You know, it's... Mm. it's, it's yeah. And, and to get something, that kind of recognition, I don't know if that's surprising to you. Uh, I, it's so, like I said, it gives me faith in the... Uh, <laughs> In, in the youth and the future of music, uh, I mean, how, what, how does that come across to you, getting that kind of accolade at this point? Oh, it's nice. Yeah, it's really gratifying. I mean, you know, because I think that we we have, you know, we like like you said, you know, we're not a band who ever set out to appeal to the masses or to be a big band. And we, you know, there are many UK bands who are, who you know, who played much bigger venues than us, you know, Kasabian, the Arctic Monkeys and people like that. But um, if you think about the essence of the award, Best British Band, I think there is something quite uniquely British about what we're doing, the kind of quirky, avant-garde art school thing. And I think that it's nice to get that recognition because we've never thought of ourselves as a British band. I think we think of ourselves as quite a global band or just quite just quite a band who are just who who we are, British, global, maybe neither of those things. But actually we do fit into a bit of a tradition of British bands forming at art school and liking, you know, whether it's Beatles or Pink Floyd or who whoever it might be, wants to do something that was unusual and wants to do more than just, you know, write cool songs. Well you've succeeded in that and I certainly appreciate it. Um, and I'll wrap that up. Uh, Gus, it, it was a pleasure talking to you today. And again, uh, the Louisville date, June 8th at the Iroquois with tennis. Uh, I'm going to be there, and I'm excited to see you guys. So thank you so much for taking the time yeah, today. Yeah, we can't wait. Can't wait to come back to Louisville. Uh, it's going to be great. So we'll see you there. And thanks for having me on. I hope the wind wasn't too much of a problem. <laughs> nope, it was all good. I appreciate that. <laughs> Brilliant. All right. All the best. Thank you, sir. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye. Hey, thanks to Gus from Alt-J for giving me the call. The new record is called Relaxer. Don't forget, you can subscribe to Consequence of Sound's YouTube channel to keep up with your favorite artists and interviews. If you're listening to the podcast version, please do head over to iTunes, Podchaser, uh, wherever you're hearing this podcast form from. Give us a rating and a review. Uh, you can also head over to WFPK.org. That's where you hear me do a show every Monday through Thursday from noon to 3 p.m. Eastern. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.